Ladies and gentlemen, I need your attention for this. I'm going to read you something, and this is powerful. The wolf has been portrayed as vicious, ravenous, preying upon the innocent and the unguarded, killing just to kill, and never knowing when enough is enough. As you can see, the wolf has a very bad and unearned fairy tale and real-life reputation. In actuality, wolves are very dedicated social creatures. The entire pack is instinctively organized, so healthy wolves kill only what is needed for survival. Only when there is trauma to an individual wolf or to the pack does this normal pattern loosen or change. There are two instances in which a wolf kills excessively. In both, the wolf is not well. A wolf may kill indiscriminately when it is ill with rabies or distemper, and a wolf may kill excessively after a period of famine. Listen to this. The idea that famine can alter the behavior of creatures is quite a significant metaphor for the soul-starved woman. Welcome to the Uplift Effect Podcast. This is Jill and I am the host and owner of the Uplift Effect Coaching and Consulting. I transform moms from and children from chaos to calm. That is my calling. It is what I love doing. And you are going to hear evidence of the two things that bring me to this podcast. First and probably most importantly, I am a mother of four children. And while they are not all tiny anymore, I have three teenagers at home, which, oh my goodness, and I have one uh, young adult that is in college. But the other thing is, I come to this with a background uh, as a grief and trauma therapist and have spent years helping families in crisis. And if you're wondering about the V formation, the birds, the logo, head on back to the very first episode. It's a very cool story. It is well worth a listen, and it will help this all make much more sense. I am on social media, Facebook and Instagram. You can find me there. I also have a YouTube channel. Maybe that's how you're listening. But if you would like more information and how to work with me more directly to transform your chaos to calm, you can DM me through those avenues. Thank you so much for listening to the Uplift Effect podcast. So I want to tell you a few more things about wolves. In Keep in mind, yes, this is written with women in mind, but I believe that the truths of some of these stories here are universal truths. They really are not female-specific. I see these same things happening, and you know you've experienced them if you're a guy. You've experienced this as well. So this isn't just for women. This is for men just the same. But I want to tell you more about these wolves, their pack, and what happens during a famine. See, famine happens in the wintertime with these wolves because the snow is very high. And it ends up that the deer and the caribou act as snow plows in that snow. The wolves would follow in their path. But when the snow becomes too high, the deer and the caribou are stranded and therefore there is no plowing and the wolves are not able to make it through to their own food source. They become stranded. Famine 
than comes from that. The most dangerous time for wolves is actually this winter time. But famine usually ends in the springtime, obviously, as the snow then begins to melt. Following a famine, the pack may throw itself into a killing frenzy, and the members of this pack won't eat most of the game that it kills. Matter of fact, it will kill and kill and kill, and it will only just eat for that moment, and it will not even save the rest. It just leaves it. And it kills much more than it could ever need or eat at that time. And the thing about this that is very, very interesting to me is that there is something that happens in a wolf, and a wolf pack, that is very, very similar to what happens in human beings when we have come out of a famine, a time of desperation, a time in which there is a deficit. We have been walking through a deficit um, of our life. And there's something about a famine that causes our judgment to be vulnerable. How we go about making decisions during a famine or slightly after a famine is a recipe for disaster in so many cases. The correlation between the famined wolves and a soul-starved person is the issue of overkill through excesses. It's excessive killing and it's excessive behavior as in adults. A starved animal will behave in, in ways that mirror a starved person and they will easily fall into a, a trap of excessive behavior. And so for adults, we're going to most commonly see that be drugs, alcohol, and unfortunately, bad love. See, here's the issue. A soul-starved person is hungry. And a woman who is re relentlessly hungry will take anything that appears to fill that void, good or bad. The other thing that is so concerning about this is that we will hear over and over again in coaching and back when I used to do counseling, is that people feel justified in their behaviors yearning and aching and longing to have a void and an emptiness and the loneliness filled. They're operating out of desperation. They're op are operating out of a deficit. And it throws them into very unusual patterns of destruction, just like the wolves. And almost every single time, I have watched people and I've heard them say they, they felt justified. And I will tell you that that phrase, that they deserve it, is so very scary. Matter of fact, I would tell you that I think that it is a lie from the pit of hell. Because it will lead you into, into destruction faster than anything to think that you feel like you deserve something because you have gone without it. So why would... This whole story be something that would be podcast worthy. Well, here's why. When I read this excerpt, which by the way, 
I have taken liberty with uh, this information from a book called Women Who Run With the Wolves by Clarissa Estes. She's a PhD, and her book is not for everyone, but I really, really love it. It's, it's myths and stories of the wild woman archetype, and I have found that these old historical mythological stories um, that this author does a fantastic job of taking those, but also as a psychoanalyst as she is, to putting them um, metaphorically in ways that very much apply to our everyday life. Well, why does that matter so much? This story of the wolves. This is what it reminds me of. I have seen this professionally and I have seen this personally. I can also tell you that I have been through a divorce and I remember a lot of these feelings. This reminds me of people who have been, who are in a marriage that's barely hanging on to people who have had the death of a spouse, a death of a spouse or a significant other, blah, People who have um, are in the process of going through a divorce, who are newly divorced, or anything that is causing a void, an emptiness, a loneliness, or a place that they are making decisions, whether it be conscious or not, out of desperation, or as this story calls it, out of a place of famine. One of the things that happens for a lot of people, and again, I come from divorce, so I can remember this. Thank goodness I had very good counsel. But, and it wouldn't have mattered anyway. I had four kids and my youngest was one and a half. I wasn't going to be going anywhere. But I have seen in many different avenues of, of my life, professionally and personally, people in these types of scenarios, instead of turning in, turning in to help their children while their children are coping and trying to navigate this new situation, we should be healing. But instead, what happens very oftentimes, and understandably so, people want to enjoy this new freedom that they have. And so they go out looking for their needs to be met. And this is where this excessive behavior starts to come from. And here's the other thing that's very concerning about that. Unfortunately, when we are in a position where we are making decisions out of this kind of a deficit in our life, we don't even know the difference between what is bad for us and good for us. Because we're really just reacting, we're in reactionary mode to the deficit, to the loss, to the void, to the emptiness that we are experiencing and we don't know how to deal with those emotions and so we're looking for something anything to fill its place and as the book says even if it's bad love which so very often happens I had an experience one day up in the mountains here where I live where I was running on one of our trails and there was this tree that's been there forever that you kind of have to go around. And from the front, you know, when I was running out, I could see the front of the tree and the tree looked totally fine. I got to the end of that trail, turned around, came back and could not believe this growth that was on the backside of this tree. 
And I had a really interesting moment of realizing the value of circling the tree. I wrote a, a, a blog about it at that time I blogged. And the importance of giving time for healing, time to be able to see things for what they really are, not for what we wish they were. Because our vision is altered by our circumstance, and so often we're in a hurry to have our needs met, that we end up not spending the time needed to circle the tree, to spend the time seeing something from a variety of different angles, to be sure that our judgment about it is not skewed in some way. And there is nothing that alters our vision more significantly than emptiness, loneliness, and a famine. So what's the takeaway from all of this? And not only you can decide, um, I think there's going to be different parts of, of today's episode that will spark interest in, in different people's stories and circumstances. But if I could tell you two things, I would tell you this. If you find yourself represented here in any of this, in these scenarios, I would tell you this. Number one, to guard your heart and guard your mind. Be very, very careful about how you go about making decisions and recognizing that your vision could be altered by your circumstance. But the other thing that I would tell you is to not rush, to give yourself time, whether it's because of a death of a spouse, significant, a significant other, or, or a relationship, um, a marriage that has ended in divorce, whatever the scenario may be, to give yourself more time than you think is necessary before you start going again to fill those voids and to get comfortable with the uncomfortable, to get comfortable with how you feel in the void, to get comfortable with who you are when you're feeling empty, when you're feeling lonely. Because we will make better decisions when we have worked through those things. Yes, we're all motivated to not feel lonely. But if we understand who we are in that loneliness, and if we can work through some healing, we are going to be much more prone to make better decisions, healthier decisions. When we have worked through those emotions and we have found some healing. So I hope you carry this story with you, the story of the wolf, the wolf that doesn't come without the pack. He's in the pack. And for most of us, many of us, we also have a pack. And that's often children. And so what we do, how we go about making decisions after a time of famine, when we're in a place of deficit and loneliness, that affects not only our lives, but the lives of our pack, of our children. I hope you can set aside your ego for just a minute. I've had to do it many, many times and make good decisions and do the best I could to get advice and to talk to those who I knew that had my best interest at heart and to be sure that I was looking at things 
not from a place of desperation because it greatly affected the lives of my four children and it will yours too. I hope you have a fantastic day. I hope this is meaningful to you. If you would leave me comments, I would love it. I want to know what you think. I am very interested in hearing your feedback. So please always feel free to give me that. Um, I will talk to you next Monday. Have a fantastic week. And thank you for listening to the Uplift Effect podcast.